Hey everyone, you're listening to the Nightmares Podcast. This is Brandon. I'm with Mark and Zach tonight. Uh, let's get right into it. Mark, what's our topic? <laughs> uh, and it's so fitting. It's so fitting. We're going to talk about isolation horror and uh, um, uh, claustrophobia horror. Um, uh, you know, no, no particular reason. You know, just, uh, you know, just thought, thought it'd be a good idea. Oh. It's culturally, re- re- culturally relevant. Hooked on phonics, brother. It's a good thing. <laughs> Culturally relevant. I've barely spoken this last week, so this last few weeks. <laughs> very something. It's been twenty-five days since I've worked. The uh, no, I hear you. The I, I hear you. The uh, it's been uh, two weeks since I've walked out of this house, um, which I really should go and take a walk at some point. Uh, to remind myself that life isn't that sad. Um, uh, so the uh, so yeah, I think it is pretty fitting. Um, uh, the uh, we're gonna make the uh, the Prince of Darkness over there go first because uh, why the hell not? The uh, do you want to tell our listeners why you're referring to Zach as the Prince of Darkness because they can't see him, Mark. They can only hear him. <laughs> that is a very valid point, sir. Uh, Zach has his hood up. Um, and he looks like he's a member of the Illuminati right now, um, or a Sith Lord, you know, dealer's choice, whatever. The Illuminati, the, uh, a bunch of prestigious pricks. The okay, Sith Lord, cool. Uh, so Zach, uh, talk about your favorite, uh, isolation and uh, and uh, claustrophobia horror. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> don't be a douche, but I want to be a douche, Mark. What are you talking about? Oh God, son of a bitch! The uh, created a monster, Brandon, with this guy—a monster. I'm not a monster, Mark. I'm just a hero that the everyone needs. Uh, 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 <laughs> you know what? I feel bad, Brandon. You're the one who's actually there, right? <laughs> I can at least yeah, walk. Away. Mark is blonde. The uh, my I I am. I am, and Brandon is bald, and Zach has a hood on. Anyway, moving on. Uh, now that we know where everybody stands in the hair department, uh, Zach, tell us about uh, isolation and uh, claustrophobia horror. All right, so um, the main movie I want to talk about today is a movie. It's a shark movie. Um, have you ever heard of a movie called The Reef? Yes, I have. One you showed me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wait, you've heard of it? I've heard of it, never seen it. All right. I think it's on Shutter. I believe it's on Shutter. I first saw it on it's Netflix. On, it's on Shutter or IMDb TV or something like that. It's uh, somewhere. It, it's on one of the streaming services. Um, either way, uh, I saw it. I want to say maybe five or six. Actually, no, it's probably longer than that. Maybe somewhere around ten years ago, give or take. Um, and this is one of my all-time favorite shark movies. Probably number three for me. Um, <clears throat> so essentially, what it is is um bunch of these Australians, they go out to this island or whatever. It's like a little mini vacation, and um, they have a good time and all that. But on on their way back to uh, Australia, they're driving their boat and everything like that, and then um, something happens and their boat flips over. I'm not exactly sure what caused it, but, uh, yeah, their boat... The script. The script caused it. (laughs) Something in the script caused it, sure. Because the movie needs to happen. Yeah. And they're essentially stuck out in the middle of the goddamn it, um, ocean. Um, and if they wait, th- there, there's like no air traffic that flies over that area. So they either have to swim 
um, to this nearest, like, this. there's this, like, rocky portion that they can uh, hang out at, and there is traffic that passes by there occasionally, so they have an opportunity to get rescued, or they can wait there and hope to God that somebody just magically passes by, which apparently slim to very low chances that that would happen. So they're swimming to this location, and it takes them about, I think, a day to a day and a half to get there, but as they're going there... There's this great white that's following them the entire time. And the reason I like this movie is because, one, they use real shark footage, and they blend it very seamlessly into the uh, actual footage. Like, there's no CGI in it, which is just amazing. And these characters are just isolated in the middle of the ocean. If There's four of them, and this shark is just picking them off one by one. And it's, like, one of the most terrifying scenarios I could ever imagine being in. And it's just this whole, like, terrifying ordeal. Like, that's... the most. There's only one thing that really terrifies me, and that is the ocean. And sharks. And it's because I know so goddamn much about both that it's just like... Oh! Like, it, like if you ever just swim out in the middle of the ocean and you just look down and you see nothing but black, it's like... Huh! Depending on... You said Australia? Yeah. It's connected to two, right? Technically. Yeah, depending on which, if they're on the, if they're more on the, if they're more on the western side of Australia, it would probably be the Indian Ocean. If they're on the eastern side, it would probably be the Pacific Ocean. Okay, yeah. This map isn't necessarily yeah. showing any lines of where one ends and the other begins, but that gives you a general idea. Yeah, so probably more on the Pacific side, I would say, uh, is where it took place. But yeah, um... You lose your train of thought? Yeah. It's awesome to see it. What's up? It's, it's awesome to see it. That's usually what you say, buddy. Yeah, uh, it's de it's definitely a fun movie. It's a good shark movie. It, it, that's that's another thing that I like about it. It's, it's, it, eh. it is a very serious and well-done shark movie, which there's so fucking few of them. For every good shark movie, there's probably like 30 or 40 fucking bad CGI pieces of crap out there. So... It's According to IMDb, the movie takes place at the Great Barrier Reef, which is on the eastern side of Australia. So yeah, Pacific. Fair enough. The uh, that's a little uh, uh, geography lesson for you. The um, uh, yeah, for every yeah, you're right, Zach, and that's kind of like true of horror movies in general and metal bands. Uh, for every for uh, for every bad thirty, there's one good. I'm going to disagree. There's definitely a lot better bands and horror movies out there than there are shark movies, or at least the ratio. I would say for that, it's probably like for every five, there's one good one. If any. Fair enough. Where yeah. sharks, it's like, Jesus Christ, there's so much shit here. It's like trying to find a needle in a fucking haystack. And Is then water? No. I've wanted to for the longest fucking time, but I've never gotten around to seeing it. I know there's three of them. Um... In all honesty, not worth your time. I still want to see it. Well, the first one or the second one? First one. At the very least, the first one, because that's, you know, of course, the most popular one. But it's just one of those scenarios that's just absolutely terrifying. And apparently it happens more often than people would like to believe. Like, you're going on one of those diving expeditions, and then these assholes just don't do a head count. You end up getting left behind out in the middle of the goddamn ocean. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, a that's common weird. problem, especially if you're doing like the smaller uh, businesses or whatever that do it, and uh, the more illegitimate ones. Yeah, uh, specifically in foreign countries. 
the uh, you know, like we're not a real diving place. We're a front. We're a front for a uh, for a drug cartel. <laughs> we don't really. We don't really do this. We're just pretending to do this. I wouldn't even say it's like that. It's just they just don't care enough, and people just get left behind. And because you know, foreign laws just aren't as strict as uh, you know state laws or whatever. Shit just kind of happens. Yeah, and that's why when I went snorkeling with a couple of friends on the ships, there were three of us. Uh, we pretty much took turns. We always made sure at least one of us was always on the boat. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. The um, uh, and I would recommend always go in groups. One one's pretty good. I enjoyed two. Never saw three. The um, uh, I I I think two's two's kind of it, it has its high points and its low points. It's a cool concept though. The concept of of it is cool. Um, I liked how they the one where they jump off the boat. They're just having a good time, but they forgot to put out the ladder. Yeah, you could probably get more value from that story from that King of the Hill episode. I never saw that King of the Hill episode, so I know I type of boat was it? Was it like a big boat that you? There's just no way you could climb up it. Yeah, correct. It's a yacht. Um, it's oh, an actual yacht. Fuck. Yeah, and the, yeah, and, and yeah, the um, they had the one girl like literally they had one girl with her infant daughter, um, on the boat, and the the guy who borrowed the boat was being a douchebag and grabbed her and threw her off the boat um uh into the water he jumped into the water and then they found out oh shit um i didn't you know i forgot to pull down the fucking ladder and while the infant is still on the boat and you can hear the the infant crying on the boat um so i mean it's it, it, it sounded like a really good idea for a movie but yeah i'd imagine it probably wasn't the highest budget movie no it was not it was not <laughs> It certainly was not. Like it, it didn't seem like the kind of movie that had the resources it needed to do the story good. Just based that's off, the vibe I got. From just it. based off what you're telling me, it sounds like the characters are douches, anyways. So it's Most, like already the script is probably not as good as it should be. Like they're just like, yeah, let's let's just kind of write this one off for a paycheck or some shit like that. It was like to me, it was a really good like made for TV movie. Um, Which the, sucks, uh, you actually could do something genuinely good and horrifying with that scenario. You could, you could. I, I, I you know what? Again, it had its low, its high points, its low points. I was not expecting a lot from it. I really wasn't. You know, like I, I thought it had an interesting concept. It held my interest. You know, for the time being, moderately, it was fine. You know, it was very. It was by the numbers, but you know, I didn't enjoy it for what it was. The third one sounds like 47 meters down. Is it the age and they get stuck at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, three friends filming an audition tape for an extreme reality show take part in shark cage diving, only to be left in great white infested waters, turning their recording into life and death. So does that mean it's also a found footage movie? I hope not. Because we all know how much you love those, Brendan. I really uh, feel like I need to go through all three of these movies now. Not on my TV or not. We're doing the, it on uh, TV. The uh, TV, are we going to do it on Mark's? Uh, I wish, brother. I really do. Um, uh, I, soon enough. Anyway, hey, um, and I actually saw, what did you think of, uh, of, of 27 Meters Down? 
27 meters down? Uh, that's not as bad as 47 meters down. And whatever. Seven meters down are you talking about? Because there's two of them. The, the, the first, I think I saw the first one. I think. What happened? The, uh, I laughed my ass off. Um, no, I, I thought it was. What was it? Two girls or was it four? Sylvester Stallone's daughter. Or was it four to six girls on their own? It was two girls. Okay, that was the first. Now, one. when they were scared, did they sound like they were orgasming each like all the time? Yes, they yes, did. That's seven meters down. Okay, yeah. Okay, that. Yeah, I. You know. Yes, I. I had a lot of fun watching that movie with my roommate on Halloween. Um, that, we laughed really fucking hard. So that movie really upset me because I actually saw a lot of potential for that movie to actually be really good because that is a scenario that could be fucking terrifying. But there's two problems with it. One, every time the girls are scared, it sounds like they're having a fucking orgasm. And two, the CG on the sharks looks fucking atrocious. Absolutely. And the plot line about her hallucinating is fucking stupid. It's Actually, like, that is based on an actual thing. The, it, it, I, I'm, I, I had the same reaction you did, but my roommate at the time, who is, um, who was on his way to becoming a dive master at the time, I believe... Um, like he said, like he watched it. Yeah, that's actually based on an actual concept, and it was interesting to see a movie actually try to do it. So, um, like I'm not saying they did the concept well, but it's not an unfound concept. I, I'm sure it is, but I'm sure the hallucinations are not that detailed. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I All I know is that movie was super disappointing. There were moments of really high fucking tension, and it's just like, because she she's going over that fucking canyon. It's pitch black all around her, and you're just like, where the fuck are those sharks? That's a good set of moment right there. And But they, they do nothing with it, and it's just, every time you're getting involved, you get taken out by something just really stupid. It's very disappointing. Well, dude, like, I think my biggest thing was, I was like, I was like, I don't care about these people. At all, like I, I, I'm not involved or, or invested in anything that these people are doing. I don't care. Like I want to see, uh, you know, it's one of those moments. I was like, this is how Zach feels when he watches Friend of the Thirteenth. Like I, I just wanted them all to die. The uh, I didn't give a shit. I'm watching these movies just like uh, one day. <laughs> one day I'm gonna make one of these movies and do it right. Yeah, yeah, I certainly hope so. So, like, the, like uh, the second one was so stupid. It was like you need to watch the second one. The second one is fucking hysterical. Second one's really dumb. It's so funny. I've never in my life seen a fish scream. <laughs> Look, on on on. What? Look. <laughs> Basically, there's this undisturbed, ancient underwater city pristine preserved take six high school girls 30 seconds to mess it up all because of fish screamed this is the level of writing we're working with here it was so great six girl six teenage girls found atlantis and they they fucked it up in 30 seconds they destroy it in 30 seconds wow you know, that, that, movie, that movie was bad, but at least it was funny bad. Uh, I'm theaters. Oh, yeah. theaters. Absolutely. I did not have that good of a time with it. Like 
are there those moments in it? Yes. But the longer it goes, the less fun I was having with it. And the biggest problem, the, the biggest problem, there are multiple problems, but one thing that could have been an easy fix to at least make it a little easier was literally once the girls have like their scuba gear on, they all look the same. Like there, were, there was literally a moment where I'm just like, wait, didn't that girl just die or was that somebody else? and then it happened again and i'm just like okay and then it had so many fake out deaths in like the last 10 to 15 Aww. minutes and i'm just like i'm over this i didn't have a problem with it at least like the distinguishing the characters that wasn't a problem for me and the reason why i enjoyed that one way more than the first one is because from the beginning it's just like all right I cannot take this movie seriously. Like it, it goes into such a ridiculous cheese factor. It, it's a good balance of trying to be realistic, but also being like, no, we're also not going to be realistic. Also, I don't think the math on any of their oxygen tanks checks out. Well, that was just a gimmick they just threw in there, probably to put it in the forty-seven meters down category. Even though it, you could have taken the forty-seven meters down title out of this, and it would have just been fun. Like I don't know. The only reason they put that on there was to market it as like, it just... was directed by the same guy, and I think it had the same writers. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I I vividly remember when we got out of the theater looking up who made it, and it was pretty much the same creative team as the first one. That that is great. And by the way, we could have been just called so you know, Ghost, Sharks, Ghost Sharks of Atlantis, and it would have oh. been just fine. But no, they probably couldn't sell that as well. And I they probably would have liked it more if it had that title. Oh, same here. Uh, that would have been great. But that would have definitely been a theatrical release and all that shit. So it's like we got to put 47 meters down title. And actually, just for our audience, like something funny that Brandon does that that I always love. Whenever we leave a shitty movie, he's always like, "Who the fuck made this?" And he goes right to IMDb to check who who's responsible. I want to know who's responsible. <laughs> I want to know who's responsible for this bullshit. Well, either way, I enjoyed Forty Seven Meters Down Uncaged more than Forty Seven Meters Down Part One and The Meg combined. Oh, and The Shallows. Like, at least I laughed at this movie. Like, I had a blast. Those other three movies, I'm sitting there just like, nope, the Meg... that's stupid, that's bullshit, what the fuck, no, no, fuck you. The Meg, I just thought was boring. And The Shallows, there are parts of The Shallows I liked, and there was also a lot of dead air. Looking mm. 4K water. So I'm gonna say, I liked about half of the shallows, um, but one thing I will give the shallows above all those other shark movies, the shallows looks freaking gorgeous to look at. Well, the water does. I've never seen such good looking water in my life. Like it's like, oh my god, that's amazing looking water. Like we were in the theater, it was me, Marcus, and David, and we're all just like. Yeah, that water looks amazing, right? Yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. No, I mean, I, it's like, wow, that I got really good looking water. I got the 4K disc, so it's just like, if I ever just want something pretty on the TV, just put that movie on mute. Not wrong. Yeah. You, you, guys, you guys have been in quarantine too long. 
Because if you're if you're watching that movie and saying, "Ooh, the water's pretty," without um, even mentioning Blake Lively in that in that scenario, you guys have been in quarantine too long, guys. <laughs> too long. The because uh, that would be the first thing that I would mention. <laughs> has, well, Mark, have you seen The Shallows? I have not. Look, as pretty as Blake Lively is. She's got nothing on the water. In she this movie. really doesn't like. Seriously, when you see the water, you're just like, <laughs> I have never in my life. It's had really fucking weird. If two other dudes watch a movie with with almost solely a woman and say, "Gosh, guys, you got to check out this fucking water. It's crazy." Mark, I haven't seen the movie. Once you see the movie, you're gonna be on our side. <laughs> Look, it's I say that with a hundred percent confidence. It is really. Fucking weird. I'm not going to. It just it, it like it's an insane concept. Like not nah, no dude. Like like Blake Lively is cool and everything else, but dude, you gotta check out this fucking water. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. I'm like, well, what about Blake Lively? Eh, she's all right. This <laughs> fucking water's crazy, man. <laughs> We've all been Look, in the house too. Fucking she's married long. to Ryan Reynolds. I don't have a chance with her. I can still find where that beach is. Yeah, you're not going to. You can find that beach. You can't find her. Dude, I, I think that's the most honest statement I've I've heard all day. I kind of want to take that, type it up, and frame it. <laughs> <laughs> also, one other thing I'll say about The Shallows, and this is definitely the most unrealistic thing about the movie, The Shallows has the single longest lasting GoPro, GoPro battery in the history of batteries. That's a very, yeah. As a GoPro user, I, I approve that statement. Yeah. And this <laughs> was one of the older... Batteries do not no. fucking last, especially back then. I don't know about now. Maybe that they was finally... The, I think that was the Hero 4 in the movie. That was 2015 or no, wait, was 16. It the Is it the 3 or the 4? Probably the four. Because the one I have is the five. What year was the movie? Uh, the movie was 2016. It, it was the five. five. It was, it, it, it may have been the five, but it's at least four. the four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Four. yeah, basically they shot the movie on um, primarily Ari Alexa's and of course the GoPro four footage. And they used a red for slow motion shots. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Blake Lively. Anyway, um, uh, so Brandon, uh, give it a shot, buddy. Uh, you can start talking about your uh, your stuff. All Unless right. Zach um, talking about other shark movies or any other movies he wants to bring up. Sorry, Zach, I mean to like uh, sidestep you. Was that it? Was that uh, your movie choice? Oh yeah, the, the the Reef is definitely my favorite isolation movie. So. Cool. Yeah, do you want to touch on before I move on to mine? Even just quickly. If you want a good game, I recommend Soma. All right. Essentially Bioshock, but good. And a survival horror experience. I am not going to get into this argument with you again, Zach. <laughs> We've been arguing about this for five years. I'm not going to have it. You know anyway, what? Argument, would you kindly go play Soma for me, please? If we're talking about isolation horror and Zach's talking about video games, I'm surprised he didn't bring up Alien Isolation. Well, here's the thing. I've preached that game to high hell, and I don't want to keep over-preaching it, so there's another game. Yes, so I, Soma, Soma is 
like in my top five favorite storylines when it comes to video games. So I would definitely fully recommend that one. But I believe I touched a lot on that game in our video game podcast many months back. So yeah. Fair enough. The uh, and then also of course Dead Space. Another great isolation. One and two. You can skip three unless you want to sit at a crafting bench just making weapons all fucking day. Like, that's what I did. If if I wanted to do that, I would play Fallout. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so, B-Man. It's, it, yeah, you're up to bat, sir. Um, so, I have one main pick, but there's another one I'm just going to touch on briefly because I did talk about it a little in our interview with Black Martin brands a couple weeks ago um but i did recently rewatch frozen not the disney movie i was gonna say um, please elaborate yeah it's the movie about the three friends that get stuck on the ski lift um over an entire week and yeah i, I like literally the day before the shelter in place order hit for chicago the exchange got the copy that I ordered. So I was able to pick it up as like the last movie I could pick up for entertainment before I got stuck in the apartment. And yeah. Cause you're, la- you're lacking on a, on a vast movie collection. I mean, yeah. you're so, you're so deprived. I mean, it's, you know, it, it just, it must be painful considering how many movies you don't have. That was deep sarcasm. Um, <laughs> sarcasm. But yeah, I mean, even Justin came over that night while I was watching it, and I mean, you guys know Justin, even he got at a few parts in that movie, and he came in and during like the last half hour that I was watching it, and it's like, there is some freaky stuff, because it's like, when they're stuck over on the uh, ski lift, they don't realize at first that, you know, they're stuck, because they think the machine just might be stuck for a moment but then the lights at the park go to, go off and that's when they know oh crap and it, it really just goes through all the motions of realizing how screwed you really are and then i forgot about the frostbite that the girl gets because like there there is a part like early on when there is a one of the workers, he's on like one of those trucks that's sort of like evening out the snow before, you know, they shut down for good. And they're throwing like their skis and gloves at him trying to get his attention. But of course, he doesn't see them. And that part was the part of the driver is actually a cameo by a certain actor from the Friday the 13th series. Um, Which one? Please tell me it was our uh, favorite uh, Lord and Savior, Corey Feldman. No. Damn it! One of the Jasons. Kevin? Yeah, Kane Hodder? Yep. Wow, okay. Because, yeah. I mean, it was made by the same director who did the Hatchet movies, and Hodder was... In- that, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I can picture Dude, Kane just looking just, just like, I don't get paid enough for this. Um, <laughs> hold on, Kane Hodder could actually legitimately pass as a snowplow driver, because he looks like a fucking snowplow driver or truck driver. Dude, that man could pass for a lot of things. Yeah. He just needs to want to do... Oh, God, what if flashback weekends get... But yeah, so I forgot that the girl threw down one of her gloves. And of course, you've got that metal railing, and it's like she has her hand resting on the railing while she's asleep, and it's like her hand gets stuck to the railing. 
and this um and she also has a little bit of frostbite on her cheek as well and it's like i forgot about the frostbite it's like oh and it's like the worst or best part of that movie is this could happen and it makes it that much more frightening um like it is a legitimately disturbing movie because you know this could happen no absolutely absolutely that scares the shit out of me thinking about it that's why i don't ski um yeah and and i'm still working on my top 10 horror movies of the 2010 to 2019 era and after rewatching it i'm that's i that that one's gonna be in there somewhere it has to be like to, to, for a movie to be that disturbing and also get through to Justin that way. It's uh, that's no small feat. No, uh, Justin's definitely uh, um, the do we uh, we told people who Justin is right? The uh, um, I'm sure we have at some point on he's this the podcast. cynical man from Ohio. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. Yeah. He uh, thing just about as much as I do. Just we hate different things. He's a friend I watch movies with. The uh, he's a cool dude. The, yeah. yeah, that would be my that would be my description of him. The uh, he he likes he likes similar yeah. he likes similar shit that we do. And he's shown me a lot of movies I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. So yeah, um, but yeah, Frozen's really good. But my main pick for but yeah, I only want to touch on that one recent touch on that one briefly because I already talked about it a little bit on a, one of our previous podcasts. But since I did already talk about it on one of our podcasts, I only want to touch on it briefly and since I've rewatched it since. Um, but my main pick for the uh, claustrophobic horror is a 1997 sci-fi horror movie called Cube. I don't know if you guys ever seen it. No, but I have. I have not had the opportunity to see it yet. It's a really good movie. It was one of my favorite horror movies when I was in middle school. Um, yeah. I see that, that look on your face, Mark. That that's <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That was just it was just a response I wasn't I, you know wasn't uh, expecting. That's all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I first saw it in middle school. Thought it was really good. Um, I've also seen the sequel and the prequel. I'll touch on those a little bit later on. Um, but essentially, Cube is about a group of people who are stuck in this giant cube that is made up of other of rooms that are cubes um and they're trying to find a way out but some rooms have traps that are extremely deadly um like i mentioned the first kill on our in our inner at the towards the end of our interview with uh dennis about the guy wakes up in a room and he's in one of the trapped rooms and basically there's this metal grid that just passes through him and cuts him into squares. And there's also a guy that gets his face sprayed with acid. And there are also some cool other traps as well. Um, and yeah, it's a really interesting movie having these different person, these different characters, different personalities trying to work together to get out, but they don't all necessarily like each other, which when you're going days without food and water, tensions run high. And then they also figured out that figure out that the rooms are actually moving. Um, and actually, yeah. So it's a pretty trippy movie in a way. Um, 
What's really interesting too about the movie is so it's a lower budget Canadian production. Um, the director actually went on to do the movie Splice, and he also did the Netflix Stephen King movie in In the Tall Grass or whatever that was called. Uh, it was called In the Tall Grass, which was a good movie when you could see what the fuck was happening. Yeah, he also did the pilot for the Kevin Bacon Tremors series, which unfortunately did not get picked up for series. Did that ever air anywhere, at least? No, but you can see a trailer for it online. The, tra- and the trailers that I just... Trailer's freaking awesome. It's like, it's sci-fi, what the fuck are you doing? Wait, was it sci-fi? It was sci-fi. God damn it! Did, wait, didn't they recently put out a show that was actually good? 12 Monkeys was really good. Happy was really good. I've also heard really good things about The Expanse. Um, You're so- putting out good content, but you turned down Tremors? We had one show that was amazing. Why don't you do another one? Fucking love Tremors. If you haven't seen the original Tremors show, it's actually really fun. Burke's in it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice, it's nice. really ridiculous, but it's still great. But Dude, yeah. it's Tremors. It should be ridiculous. Uh, he also directed a couple episodes of Westworld, an episode of the Netflix Lost in Space, a couple episodes of The Strain, a few episodes of Hannibal. Um, he did one of the segments for one of the ABCs of Death movies, yeah. um, a segment for Paris Jatem. Uh, so he's done quite a lot of stuff. Uh, nice. But yeah, so basically during production, they only had one cube room to work with. And instead of shooting in sequence, so like the different rooms are lit by different colors. And so basically they changed the colors of the lighting with different gels, but it was time consuming to switch out the colors. So their shooting schedule is based off of what color room the scene was. So they did all the red room sequences first, and then they'd, they would do the green rooms, the white rooms, the blue rooms. So it was separated by color, which is kind of an interesting shooting schedule. That is an interesting shooting schedule. Green room, blue room, red room. And it's weird because the way the script worked out is most of the dialogue heavy scenes were in the red rooms and the actors did not like filming in the red rooms because like you're just bathed in red light and you have these high tension dialogue scenes. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't like that. That actually sounds pretty fun. So it's a really fun movie. Uh, I rewatched it a couple nights before we recorded this because I wanted to make sure it's, it's been very long time since I watched it and it still holds up. It's a really good movie. There are a couple character decisions that are a little mm, could have used a little more build up, but you can kind of chalk it up to. They're, you know, dazed without food and water. Tensions are running high. Um, dazed and confused. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Um, there is a scene where they actually get to the edge of the cube. So you see sort of like the outside of it. And it, it it's a pretty good sequence. Um, yeah. Fair enough. See it. Uh, yeah, nine different rooms are set off by different things. Like some rooms are motion tracker rooms. Uh, some rooms sense like the oils on your skin and are triggered by that. Others are sound activated. Um, there's a particularly suspenseful sequence where they're pretty much surrounded by trap rooms, but there's one that is uh, sound activated. So they try to go through 
the sound activated room to another room without making a sound. And yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. The uh um <laughs> there was a there was a sequel called uh, Cube 2 Hypercube. Um directed and shot by the guy that was the director of the, that was the director of photography for Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. That's interesting. Yeah. Sure it was a great movie. Um no. <laughs> <laughs> How could it not be a great? Pleasant. <laughs> is it is? I would call it a fascinating failure. Like it. It's not. It doesn't look cheap. Um. It doesn't look great, but it doesn't look cheap. Um. It's just not Passable. good. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> can't stop watching it it's like a car wreck it's it's a car wreck goes into some really ridiculous places from what i remember i know and i haven't seen that one in a really long time either i think i have the dvd in a box somewhere here because i do have all three on dvd um so i don't know now that i've watched the first one i may dig out the other two and rewatch them but from what i remember of the second one it's it's got some interesting moments to it um, they try to flesh out a little bit of lore in the last five seconds of it. Um, of, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's one of those, Cube 2 is one of those movies where I say, it's a good movie, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a good, it's an interesting thing to look at. Sure. Um, and you get very low budget 2002 CGI. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's that kind of movie. Oh no. That 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 it, could be really it, bad. It's the kind of movie I'd show to Zach if I want to give him a heart attack. Like like Spawn bad. You know what? Say what you want about Spawn. Still has better CGI than Marvel movies. I have not seen Spawn in years either. So it's uh, do I want to watch Spawn and Cube two back to back and compare the visual? <laughs> effects do i want to do that to my brain while we're in quarantine and then and then and then for the finale you can commit suicide yay yay (laughs) Um, and then the third movie cube zero which is a prequel which really doesn't need to be a prequel like you could look at it look at it as a sequel and it doesn't change anything um that one's actually interesting low budget um some good practical effects from what I remember. But what's interesting about that one is you have the people trapped inside the cube, but you also have two workers whose job is to monitor the cube. So that one does actually flesh out the cube lore. I can't believe I just said that. Um, Cube lore. Yes. Um, Forget Star Wars and Star Trek. Cube is where it's at. Um, I don't know how the fuck we got here, but we did. Um, But yeah, and that one had some interesting moments from what I remember. Um, If there's one big failure of the trilogy is even even the um, backstory that Cube Zero gives, it's 
the writers never had any answers for what's actually going on. So even though you're seeing these two workers who are monitoring the cube, even they're kept in the dark on a lot about what's going on and why the cube is there and everything. So it's, think of it as Lost, if Lost never got a final season. Fair enough. Fair enough. My parents are watching Lost right now. It's really interesting to hear them talk about it. It is a good show. The um, I you know what, dude? I, I I got through a few episodes and I haven't been able to finish it yet, so I'll have to spend some time with it again. Yeah, give it another shot. But I gotta give Preacher a shot first. Yeah. Before I do anything, because otherwise, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach, you gotta let me make my opinion for myself on this. Zach, you and are you... outvoted on this one. Look, David I'm trying to help it. you, man. I'm trying to help you. The uh, you know, but Zach, I can't trust your judgment because you sweared up and down that you hated American Psycho, and now you Zach love it. Zach doesn't understand satire, Mark. The uh, <laughs> he needs to he needs to get over that. <laughs> he really does. Zach's whole life is satire. He I don't know why. <laughs> he doesn't understand comedy. The uh, movie's fucking terrible. The, no, it's not. You know it. You That's fucking right. quote it all the time. I you do son of a bitch. You do quote it all the time. You know what? Yeah. I do not. The uh, dude, you made more business card jokes in in the last six months than you would ever in your entire life because of that fucking movie. I cannot believe he prefers Paul Allen's card to mine. And that's to mention you post that that that, that um uh, that thing uh, from American Psycho for the toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. That was amazing. That made me, oh, that was so fucking stupid. Neat little connection there. The DP of American Psycho was the director DP of Cube 2, Hypercube. So (laughs) it all comes full circle, strangely. How the fuck did we get here? Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm so happy I know that now. The, um, I don't know why I'm happy I know that, but I'm just happy that I know that. You're happy and you know what stab your face? (laughs) No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I clapped instead of stabbing my face. Probably because I don't want to stab my face. That's probably too. So all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about um uh, talk about mine. Um uh, the uh, and I'm gonna talk about the fucking obvious ones that we've already talked about many times, but I haven't had a chance to talk about them as much. Um uh, the my number one uh um my runner up though is is the is the obvious one, the shining. Um, uh, which it's really simple. If you haven't seen the fucking Shining, watch The Shining. It's amazing. Um, uh, it's probably it's a ma- it's a masterclass in 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 that type of horror. It's probably the one of the best um isolation uh horror that you can probably get. It's a fantastic movie. Um, uh, it's obviously Stanley Kubrick at his best. It's very different from the novel, but it's it's fucking fantastic. See it, and then and then after you're done seeing doing that. Watch the sequel, Doctor Sleep. It's also fucking awesome. The um, but um, I, the my number one pick though for this one, and this is uh one of Zach's favorite movies. So you've heard him talk about it about a million fucking times. Um, I but uh, but you haven't really heard me talk about it and how much I love it is Alien. Um, the first Alien, not Aliens, but Alien. Um, it's just as much of an isolation movie. It's just there's more people involved with it. 
But that's true. And there's a lot more guns and marines and other at least at least they have more of a fighting chance in aliens. Um uh, you know, there's gadgets and shit and explosives and yeah, things I mean, to fight. Time it was war. The this is true. Um the first time it was a science expedition. Um uh, the but alien is 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 probably an extremely underrated movie. Not only is it a fantastic what? horror movie and <laughs> underrated by some people. I don't know. The, I, I'm just saying what? shit right People now. Are who the hell have you been speaking with? The um, I, I, you don't the, need that kind of negativity in your life right now, Mark. Friends, apparently. The um, uh, the I don't think it's talked about it enough. Your microphone's doing that weird thing again. The uh, how about now? Better. All right. So I don't think it's talked about enough. And then I'm not just talking about with Zach. I'm talking about with people in general. Um, the uh, not only is it, Zach, Zach, you're going to talk about Alien until you die. And in fact, that most likely is going to be your last conversation you have before you die. Um, it's going to be about Alien or about Predator. It's got, it's going to be about one of those movies. Yeah, your microphone's doing that thing again. God damn it! Uh, but uh, yeah, what was I talking about? Oh, Alien. It's awesome. Uh, the uh, and before they both jump d- jumped down my throat, what I meant to say was it's not talked about enough. Uh, uh, Zach will uh, Zach and, and Brandon will talk to you about Alien and forever. Actually, uh, I'm pretty sure they did. Check out our Alien podcast. It's our longest podcast to date. It's about four hours of them just talking about Alien um, and all of its expansive universe through the novels, through the movies. But that first movie is. Is is just a really a fantastic example of of building amazing tension within a movie and putting you know real human beings in very vulnerable situations, stuck in about the the worst place you can be in isolation in fucking space. Um, there can hear you scream. No one can hear you scream. It's, it's an amazing tagline, and it literally is. You don't you can't get much more isolated. Than fucking space, um, and there's nowhere for you to go. And you got one alien, on, uh, you know, in on a loose in your ship, and and deal with it. And people are dying all around you, and you have to go through, you know, small tunnels and crevices, and you just have to deal with with what's going on in front of you. And even when you think the alien's dead, guess what? It's still alive. Um, it, it's just a great, it's really overall a great movie. Obviously we've talked about it to death in this movie, but you cannot talk about isolation horror or claustrophobic horror without bringing it up because it is the best that that genre, particular subgenre has to offer. Obviously that's my opinion, but I, I can't see much other better movies explaining horror isolation than Alien. Uh, you know, it's tr- it's a fantastic movie. It doesn't get the credit it deserves as a as not only as an amazing horror movie because obviously everybody in the horror field is going to talk about it. Um, but a it's very popular in the horror genre. Zach with his very peculiar look, but it's sometimes it's not talked about enough in just general quality of film. It's it's probably one of the best one of the best films ever made. Um, uh, the uh, it's it's damn near a perfect film. And, um, you know, and I, and, and the, when I was thinking about this list, uh, Zach, I was thinking about your story um, about seeing it in film print um, and how for a while you actually didn't think it was a horror movie. Um, you just can see it in sci-fi specifically. 
the like, um, uh, the um, oh my god, tell story on the podcast, yeah, about you singing in, in yeah. okay, the, um, uh, you know, uh, back in film print, um, it, it, it's just a great movie. I can't speak any any higher of it. Obviously, these two guys duked it out for about four hours talking about Alien, but um, it's I I am very much a part of that club. It's it's a fantastic movie. Um, if if you have not seen it, uh, see it. It's it's fucking fantastic. Obviously, I'm preaching in the choir, and this is we're treading over the same ground we've treaded before. But that's how fucking good the movie is. Um, uh, you know, when you start circling back to uh, to the same movie when you're covering many different aspects of film, that you know it's a good fucking movie. Um, uh, and if if you're a fan of this genre and you're a fan of film in general, uh, this is a movie that you do not want to skip. Really, that's simple. Cool. So you like The Shining, you like Alien. Now, Mark, give us a non-basic answer. The Descent. I'll allow it. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. The um, uh, that's another one that I really enjoy. There was there was one I was going to add in, but I, I I don't think being isolated on a whole planet counts. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys. Say, being isolated on a planet is a pretty You, you can't get much more isolated deal. than that. What, what's the movie? Well, then, 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 I, then I would include Pitch Black in this list. That's a fair one. The, um, uh, that is another yeah, one of my... But yeah, that, that's It's honestly been so long since I've seen that movie, I can't even weigh in on that. The Riddick it's, movies are very great movies. I would love to rewatch those. The, I love it how he 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 made that character out of a D and D campaign. Um, uh, that's that's some seriously nerdy shit. But um, uh, but Pitch Black is a, is another great uh, another great movie. Zach and I are big fans of it. Um, it's real simple. Um, uh, it's there is a character named Riddick who is played by Vin Diesel. He's a dangerous prisoner who is being transported from one planet to, uh, to another planet. They crash on an alien planet. Uh, that they slowly figure out is populated by flesh-eating aliens, and uh, they have to get to another ship um, to get the fuck off the planet before it com- uh, becomes completely consumed with dar- with darkness. Because guess what? These aliens, they fucking hate light, but they love darkness, and they can exist in it. Um, and it just so happens that Vin Diesel can also see in the dark, which is pretty great. The um, um, so It's so awesome. <laughs> Dude, I know Zach's a huge fan of that movie. You know, um, uh, Zach, what do you love about about Pitch Black? Essentially, Riddick is just such a badass character. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Like, the, um, uh, fuck Fast and the Furious, man. Vin Diesel needs to go back to the Riddick movies. Those movies and the games, especially Escape from Butcher Bay, is absolutely fantastic. And trust me, you will never have a better time beating the ever-loving shit out of Exhibit. At least I think that was his name. Yeah, there, and there's and actually, it's nineties or two thousands rapper was in uh, Escape from Butcher Bay. I can't remember what it was. I think it was Exhibit. Uh, the the guy from Pimp My Ride, I believe it was. Uh, was that Exhibit? I guess so. I don't know. The um, I saw that show maybe once or twice. I had no idea who who was in that show. Either he wasn't a big he's really good at being a prison guard that's a huge dick, but he's like he's a real awesome character. When you finally get to beat the shit out of him, it's just so fucking awesome. But yeah, yeah. please please go back to Riddick. Please. Yeah. You know something funny too about Pitch Black? Okay. The um 
it's it's actually a fucking really good story. It's well written. It's a well written story. Like and it didn't need to be. Like it didn't need to be good, but it was. The um uh, like it could have just like, it could have just rested on the shoulders of Vin Diesel being Vin Diesel as Riddick in that in that movie, and it could have been fine. But it like and yes, he he by the end of the movie he becomes the main character, but at the beginning he's not. No, the, he's uh, kind of a he, sub character in the beginning. Yeah, and you're not, and you're actually not sure about him, like at all. Like you're not sure if he's like he's just gonna kill everybody, um, and make his escape while you know, uh, you know, while this all this shit is is hitting the fan. You have no idea. He's a really interesting character. You find out more at the end about what he's all about, but the uh, but you really don't know. The um, not to mention there's a really awesome scene where he gets out of handcuffs. Zach. Do you remember that? Oh no, I remember it. It's just I'm, every time I watch that scene, I just think to myself, "How?" <laughs> yeah. It's like I, that's how. Like you could the, try that all you want. No, I I can't. I can't. Just the the uh, oh yeah. <laughs> that scene is it's great, but it's like, damn, that's gotta hurt. The, no, oh my god yeah um uh, the, yeah if you've not seen this movie uh this you'll know what scene actually this is early on so i, I kind of spoiled this but he's handcuffed behind a giant pole he literally gets to the top of the pole and he figures out that the, at the top of the pole it's it's open so he can shimmy his way up but he so he dislocates both of his sh- shoulders to to flip his hands around the at the top of the pole to get out of the handcuffs it's Fucking fantastic! I don't. The, uh, think it's physically possible though. You could try. You know, I wonder if somebody's ever debunked that. I actually got to look that up at some point. Is can you actually do that? I doubt it. But I that would be want to look at it now. That would be a great MythBusters or a great like uh, movie injuries um, uh, type of thing. Yeah, yeah man, bunch of great lines in that movie. Super, um, uh, you know, super entertaining movie. Really recommend seeing it. I do recommend the sequels. Yeah, uh, the writers, the director, and the DP have some really interesting credits to them. I'll say that. All right, I'm I, I'm I'm intrigued. Hit me. So intrigued. Among the writing credits for the writers, we have the 1989 horror anthology After Midnight. We have The Fly Two. All right. Elm Street Four. Yeah. And the 1985 TV movie. Ewoks, the battle for Endor. And you had to ruin it, didn't you? You had to you had to ruin it, didn't you? We were on such a good streak, but you had you had to go there, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. I went there. And then the director, as a director, the Riddick movies, the three Riddick movies are really his most notable thing. But as a writer, he also did G.I. Jane, Waterworld, and The Fugitive. This motherfucker wrote Waterworld? Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> well, two out of three ain't bad, I guess. <laughs> and then the DP, he's done the original Mad Max, uh, Warlock, Fortress, the Tommyknockers, Dragonheart, Daylight, Blue Streak, Pitch Black, the 2002 Scooby-Doo written by Guardians of the Galaxy's James Gunn, uh, <laughs> Eurotrip, Yes, and the most recent Riddick. So, yeah, the uh, the crew's got some uh, got some interesting background there. That is that is the interesting side. The 
the uh, dude, your trip's important, man. Like, how are you gonna know what Scotty doesn't know the, yeah. if you don't watch that movie? Oh my god, I liked that movie. <laughs> yeah, I love that I have movie. Not seen it in at least ten years, but I remember liking it. Dude, it's been yeah. years for me. It's been like fifteen fucking years, dude. Dude, Zach, it's it's real simple. If you liked the new guy, which I know you love, you oh, will love your. Oh, I'm sure. I, I remember enjoying it, but it's just so long. But goddamn, I really want to watch the new guy now. The old guy. It is such a great movie. <laughs> remember when we were watching the Creep Show TV series with Justin, and the new guy showed up? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty great. And that exactly. was actually one of the better episodes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. The um, uh, and yeah, it was pretty amazing. Zach and I were like, ah, it's the new guy. It's DJ Qualls. That, that was the, a good, uh, good series. That, that was a good first. The, of the first season, there was only one story that I just flat out didn't like. Everything else is pretty darn good. Which one was that? The one? It, it wasn't one that I saw, right? Yeah. It was the, you see the one with David Arquette in it? No, I wouldn't remember that one. Yeah, that one was trash, but all the others were at least good. There are some great ones. Um, well, did the the season finale one was great. Um, yeah. uh, the uh, the slugs. Yeah. The um uh, the uh, and then really uh, the one, that slug one. That one was just it wasn't bad, but it was just kind of like Ew. like it had what, the gross factor, what, what? but it, it also had that aspect of it was dealing with a pretty relevant topic and like how there are people that take advantage of other people's low self-esteem so it it had a little more to it than just the grossness that i think elevates it above um what a lesser series would have done with it i think the thing that yeah. annoyed me the most is how we still went for the candy that was covered in all that fucking shit after all that happened he still goes for the goddamn candy I and mean, can you blame him yes Yes, yes, I understand. Kind, Brandon. Your sugar rush people are so just confusing to me. Yo, you know this motherfucker has like a whole bag of Twix just stacked up like it's a... (laughs) Like it's fucking contraband and shit. That's how it's packaged. (laughs) I I walk into the room one day and I just see it lying there and I'm like... (sighs) Fucking looking like a bitch. It hasn't stopped you, Brandon. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to open a closet one day and it's just going to be a whole bunch of boxes of insomnia cookies. It's just going to fly and hit me in the face. It's like, oh! And that sounds like guys. Dude, it's going to be like that scene in Blow, man, where they're fucking, like, they fill the whole house with money. And then, like, they're like, like we can't put it in this room. It's fucking full. Like, well, shit, I, I guess put it in the living room. There's no more goddamn room in the living room. The, uh, well, I, I got up to $100 million. I'm I'm done counting. I'm not counting it again. That's how it's going to be with Brandon with the outstanding <laughs> versus fucking cash. Instead of cash, it's just a bunch of boxes of insomnia cookies. He's the whole reason they're. The, the, Brandon's the sole reason insomnia cookies will survive the quarantine. You have no physical evidence to support that claim. There's literally a box right there. Dude, he's going to start weighing right now. Bullshit. What'd you say, Mark? Dude, he's going to start weighing. And weighing them like like Colombian drug lords with them. <laughs> it's gonna take a little finger, just a lick off the top. Hmm. And it's gonna cut this with chips ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> this this shit's been fucked with, man. <laughs> you know, we, 
We need to film that parody where fucking Brandon's just a goddamn sugar drug lord. The Scarface of cookies. <laughs> Some old fuck on my shit. The, uh... This is Columbia chocolate chip! <laughs> the, uh... Those, those... We have the purest cocoa beans. The, uh, those, uh, those Oreos. Uh, stomp those cockroaches out. The, uh, the Oreo dealers. <laughs> God, I fucking love it. Just get David to be his, like, arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, he's the fucking chips ahoy dealer. <laughs> get somebody can we, can we make, can we make Wes the Reese's Pieces guy? <laughs> yes. I don't even know what you guys are talking about anymore. The, uh, but there should also be somebody that's the Reese's peanut butter cup guy. <laughs> and they should always be mi mistaking those two for each other. Like, no, we're different guys. God. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Creepshow is fucking amazing. Um, uh, and actually, the one episode I really enjoyed, it was a little slower, but it was the, uh, the Halloween one with kids. Yeah. The Halloween one was a good one. I really enjoyed that the tension, and it it reminded me of something that we would do. Yeah, like with a Living Nightmares episode. Like yeah. I was like I was like this is something like that we would think of to do. It, it has that that kind of aesthetic. It's a halfway in between point of of you know more adult. It's like a more adult version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like that's what it felt yeah. like. The yeah. uh, and I was like I was like this is something that we might do. Yeah, and that one was actually written by uh, Bruce Jones, who's actually a comic book writer. He did one of the more um, one of the more well-known runs on Incredible Hulk back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. The, there, there, uh... was, there were some good writers for that series. Nice. Looking forward to the second season. Fair enough. All right. Well, hey, I got a question in the podcast. Um, it's a creative, uh, creative one. Um, is, is there any type of isolation or claustrophobic horror movie that if you had any budget that you guys would like to make? Shark movie. Fair enough. <clears throat> Brandon? Any kind of monster, any kind of thing? Are we talking blank check? Blank check, baby. Gremlins 2. Mine would take place on a cruise ship. I don't know what I would do with it. But... They, they did do that with Deep deep, uh, deep Rising, but that's, you know... Actually, that's technically a pretty good isolation. I saw Deep Rising, and I don't know if Deep Rising was made by somebody who experienced working on a cruise ship. Deep Rising <laughs> is a really good movie. I believe it's on YouTube if we ever want to watch it, but also I just need to get a VHS player because I do have my VHS copy, and I would love to rewatch it again because the movie is great. It is a, it is a great movie. It's, it's, it's done by the same either director or producing team uh, that did The Mummy. Yeah, I believe it's the same director. Yeah, because because he because he actually was good friends with the guy who played Benny in the Mummy, and he had him in Deep Deep Rising. And right. Every time I watch that movie, I'm like, "Hey, it's Benny." Yeah, dude, I know, dude. Like Steven it's... Summers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew that that you know that was part of the reason why he hired him for the Mummy was because he knew knew him from Deep Rising. The um, and were friends. But, uh, but yeah, that's 1993 Adventures of Huck Finn, the 1994 live action Jungle Book, 
Deep Rising, The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, Van Helsing. Okay, you know, that movie gets a lot of flag. It was a fun movie. So boring. It was uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. That and was a bad one. Odd Thomas. <laughs> never even heard of that last one. I've seen it on Netflix a bunch, but I've never sat down and actually watched it. It's with, um, I'm blanking on his name. It's with, uh, that one guy who plays the Hulk, Anton Yelchin. Never mind. Nice. Okay. Cool. Unfortunately, got impaled by his own car. That was a sad day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, that a real guy. Actor. I heard. I'd only seen him in a handful of movies, though. Star Trek. That's I mean, that's probably one of the ones I remember from the most. Sadly, the one movie I remember him the most from is one of my most hated movies, which huh? is Terminator Salvation. He was in that. Yeah, he was uh, Kyle Reese. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He's a good yeah. actor. Terrible choice for Kyle Reese, but. That movie was just fucked to begin with because whoever wrote that movie did a fucking terrible job. And Look, Christian Bale knew it. Fucking Terminator movie before. And Christian Bale knew it. How the hell do you fuck up the future war? Like, just just go watch the first literal five minutes of each of the Terminator movies, and you can establish what the future war is. It's real. It's, it's real. It's not that hard. It no, really isn't that. Hard. Not even Genesis got the future war right. CGI was a little bad, but at least you know it was a fucking entertaining part. But no, you can't do future war. Fucking hate Fair it. Enough. The um, uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I mean, and, and actually, that's a isolation movie I completely forgot about too. Uh, Deep Rising. That's a good Deep. one. Too. It, it 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 really is a good one. Um, uh, and then you know, and also there's not a lot of movies with giant octopuses. Octopi. I to pie, sorry. The um, uh, like there. I mean, what? It's that one, and then like, uh, like, thousand leagues under uh, under the sea, and that's it. The um, and then maybe a couple like B movies from the fifties. But there's like, there's not a lot. There's a lot of B movies with like squids and octopuses, but there's not too many good ones. I would say Deep Rising is probably one of the few good ones. Fair enough. We the, can uh, check out the 1977 film Tentacles. I would rather not. Starring John Huston and Shelley Winters. Seriously? And apparently Henry Fonda. Wow. With wow. a 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, I'm good. Wow. You know what? Sometimes you gotta you gotta just take the hint and, and, and walk away. The um uh and Zach that has one of my favorite monster kills in that movie, um, in Deep Rising. Uh when the when the Japanese girl gets or the Chinese girl gets sucked through the, through the toilet. The toilet, yeah. That was pretty great. Yeah, wish they showed more of an A. But hey, still good. The uh, you know the uh, the uh, or or when the guy gets half eaten, and he, and, and, oh, and he and shoots the body of the tentacle, and he just falls out like half decomposed. Or oh no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the one dude who uh, uh, who uh, Betty gives him the gun, and he shoots at Betty. Oh, and, and then, then he runs out of ammo. It's just like no. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like oh that sucks bro fucking idiot oh that is that's <laughs> just love his reaction too like what the fuck you just you just shot at me the uh anyway um yeah brendan that that'd be awesome the uh um isolation on on a cruise ship you would bring an energy that I'm li living on a cruise ship all in itself is already isolation so if you add some kind of horror element to it. Did any of you ever see Virus? 
No. The Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. movie? I remember you know seeing it when I was a kid. Um, essentially what happens is, is um, this one ship um, receives a satellite signal from outer space and these aliens essentially take over the ship and start converting everybody into like human cybernetic organisms and stuff like that. And then Jay, I, I forgot if Jamie Lee Curtis and her crew were mercenaries or they just stumbled upon the ship by accident or whatever, but they all start getting like taken over and shit like that. And essentially they got to blow up this ship because if that signal makes it over to any of like civilization or whatever, then the whole world is fucked. I remember it being a good looking movie. It wasn't CGI or anything like that from what I remember, but I don't know. I have to rewatch it. I've seen it pop up a couple times recently, so I gotta check it out. I just thought of another one too, uh, Ghost Ship, which is which most of the movie's really stupid, but I very much enjoyed it. The first ten minutes of the movie are pretty fucking good, but nobody remembers what happens after. Fantastic. I dude, it's it, dude, it's it, it's funny to me. Like the first ten minutes, it's almost like a, a different director was hired for that movie, did the first ten minutes, which was awesome. And then was fired, and then a new director came on and made a completely different movie. But they kept the first ten minutes. The um, uh, so I, I never really understood why that those like it was so different from the rest of the movie. But it I mean, but it is what it is. And I and I enjoyed I enjoyed both halves of the movie. Um, I admit that the first ten minutes is better than the rest of the movie, but it's still it's still a fun movie. One of these days, I'm gonna fucking watch it. I don't know when, but I tried days. watching it on Netflix not too long ago. Couldn't get through it. Yeah. Well, that's always good. Yeah, and I have the issue of American cinematographer that covers it, and what I find baffling is Ghost Story got the cover story. I mean, Ghost Ship got the cover story above Attack of the Clones. That's interesting. Yeah, I know that's fucking weird, Zach. Um, I'm with you on that. <laughs> As that creepily like looks from around the corner, the uh, horror movie got the cover story, so that that's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, that's you know, I don't, I, I mean, trust, trust me, I enjoy the movie. I don't think it deserved the cover though. <laughs> the uh, I read the article and I haven't seen the whole movie, so it's um. Who knows? Maybe there's something really interesting that happened on the cinematography side of that movie that we're not aware of. Sure, maybe, maybe so, maybe so. I don't know. The uh, maybe, maybe so. The um, uh, the uh, I would probably do something on an airplane. Um, uh, the um, involves snakes. No, it would not involve snakes. That that's the one thing it would not involve. Um, uh, I don't know. That make... is one sequel I do want to make, though. Snakes on a Plane 2, Planes on a Snake. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't they make a Snakes on a Plane 2? I could have swore there was a shitty sign. I hope sequel. not. <laughs> I could have swore it actually happened. Look, the original Snakes on a Plane really was not a good movie. But it had one of the best Samuel Jackson lines in cinematic history. That line was in there because of internet message boards. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I don't care. It's a uh, great line. Internet's yeah, internet one. These motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. The oh, the uh... I think that was one of the earliest movies where. Internet fandom actually influenced the making of the movie. 
Yeah, I I, I don't remember a movie that, that that influenced it that direction. The um, I know a bunch of movies that like they got leaked, and that was a huge problem. But but yeah, like that actually influenced the movie. Uh, yeah, no. The I think that was probably the earliest one. That was it like two thousand and four. Oh six, I think. Yeah. Oh six. Oh six. The, uh, but a little too early. Yeah, no, dude. But yeah, I would do something on an airplane that did not involve snakes, because it's because it, because at least a ship you have a you have a bigger you know a cruise boat that it's bigger it's a bigger space like airplanes it's pretty fucking confined. The um uh, and we've seen thrillers we've seen snakes but um I think that would be a cool concept to do. Um, Thirty thousand feet in the air, so that doesn't help. You know, and of course, Zach, we would definitely make, do the the classic remake of More Monster Blood on an airplane, um, because that oh, needs to happen. Oh man! Or Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet, the Twilight Zone episode. Just, ah, yeah. there you go. Fair but enough. actually, um, both the William Shatner original, directed by Richard Donner, is really good. But also worth checking out is. The segment directed by George Miller, the guy that did all four Mad Max movies, he did a remake of that story for the 1983 Twilight Zone movie. It was the final of the four segments in the movie, and it is freaking awesome. Fair enough. Enough. I better check that out then. The, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I definitely do it on an airplane. The, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny, like, there's, that's it. Like, I mean, it's it's that episode of the Twilight Zone and the concept like that and snakes on a plane. And, and Which unfortunately, I, I, now that we've mentioned it, I'm kind of disappointed myself that with the topic we were covering today, I'm just why I didn't go back and look up a few good Twilight Zones because there are a lot of isolation Twilight Zones in the class. Oh, I'm sure. Like a lot like Time Enough at Last with Burgess Meredith. Um, that's a great one. Um, Nightmare on 20,000 Feet, that's a good one for the claustrophobia. Um, just going to go through an episode guide here real quick. The pilot, Where Is Everybody? A guy's in town by himself. Um, yeah, which, Zach, I need to get you on those Twilight Zones again. We started putting you through a few of them a year ago, and you're enjoying it, but we kind of fell off that train for some reason. Yep. Um, I still have yet to see the new Twilight Zone series. I heard it wasn't that good. Yeah. I mean, since CBS All Access is giving people like a month free right now because of everything that's going on, I may just binge them in a day just to get it over with. Fair enough. I'm probably going to binge Picard before I'll do that, before I'll do the remake of Twilight Zone. Dude, get over it, bro. I'm, I can, I'm, I'm a fan of both, Zach. Get over it. Traitor. The, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of both. Is there something going on between you two? No, it, 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 Zach cannot es- it, accept the fact that I am a fan of both Star Wars and Star Trek. It is 2020. Yeah, the season two episode twice on the Invaders. That's a really good isolation one. There's a woman just all by herself in a farmhouse, just completely in the middle of nowhere and her house gets invaded by tiny aliens oh they're they're maybe like three inches tall 
and there is no dialogue except for Rod Serling's opening and closing narrations. There is no dialogue, barring one line at the very end. I, I just remembered, but yeah, like ninety nine percent of the episode, no dialogue. It is one of the best episodes. Fair enough. The um, yeah, that's that's actually super fucking cool. The uh, yeah. But uh, I think I think that uh, just about covers it. The uh, I think that uh, that's a good place to uh, to close it out. Zach, any final thoughts? Squirrels. Cool, as per usual. Uh, Brendan, this is an interesting time right now. <laughs> you know, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, stay inside, watch watch movies. Um, uh, you know, uh, catch up on all those great movies. You know, if you need some recommendations, listen to our podcast. We just mentioned a, a few great ones, um, a lot of fun ones. And uh, and comment, like, and share. Um, talk to us. We promise we will talk back. Um, uh, we will respond to your comments. Um, uh, you know, questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, whatever you guys want to talk about. Um, uh, the you know, we'll we'll make it happen. So, uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you all soon.